Welcome to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. I'm Kevin Prang. This program is a presentation of Metropolitan Congregations United. MCU is a community organization that brings together religious congregations, community groups, and individuals to work for a common purpose to create a better life for all residents of the St. Louis region. We work at the intersection of race, economy, political power, gender, and the structures of oppression that are work within us individually, within our organization, and within the community. We are working towards building people's control of the government, building community control of the economy, expanding the public sphere, and creating structural racial equity. Today, my guest is Jennifer Lohman of the St. Louis Area Voter Protection Coalition. She's joining us today to update us on voting in Missouri. I do want to note that we are recording this on the afternoon of Friday, October 16th. Things could change um, between now and election day, but we want to give you some of the things that are changing and then also uh, some encouragement of what to do and how to make sure that your vote counts in this election. So thanks for joining me again, Jennifer. Oh, thanks for having me. So we've had two court cases that have uh, come about in the last week. Um, So we'll talk about those. One of the cases was about the notary requirement on absentee ballots. Tell us about that lawsuit. What was it asking and what's happened in court? Where does it stand? So there was a challenge to the notary requirement on absentee ballots and mail-in ballots in Missouri, which is something that's very rare in the United States. Missouri is one of the few states that requires um, notarization of the ballot envelope signature on absentee and mail-in ballots. The the, uh, notary requirement was challenged in court, but last week the Missouri Supreme Court said that, uh, you know, the notary requirement was acceptable under Missouri law, and so the notary requirement is still in force for all mail-in ballots and all absentee ballots that are requested using a non-health related reason. The only exemption from the notary requirement, which is already provided in statute, is that absentee ballots requested for a health related reason don't require a notary. All other ballots do. And I should add that this is only when we're talking about ballots cast by mail. So it's an absentee by mail ballot or a mail-in ballot. If someone wants to vote absentee in person at the election authority, there's no notary requirement there. You're just going in and casting your vote as you would at a polling place, except that you're giving them your reason for voting absentee. You're giving them your reason and you're bringing your uh, identification of residency with you. Yeah. Well, yeah, you just, whatever, whatever was normally that you would normally use as as ID for voting is acceptable for voting um, absentee in person. Okay. And so the, the, the result of that ruling is status quo? Yes. And if I also remember correctly, uh, the judge specifically said that fear of COVID-19 was not an acceptable reason to avoid the notary. Is that kind of the gist of it? It's a little more complicated than that. I mean, so our absentee voting excuses are predicated on what the voter expects, what the voter expects to to have happen. So if the voter expects to be confined due to illness or disability or a caregiver for someone who's confined for for illness or disability, then that voter can vote absentee using that health-related excuse. Similarly, you know, if a voter... It, you know, is over 65 or has one of any of the number of um, specific risk conditions, then they can use that excuse to vote absentee. But really, with respect to the confined due to illness um, excuse, that is what the voter 
personally expects. And so that's a very subjective measure. There are, you know, election authorities maybe differ over how broadly they interpret that. But um, generally speaking, you know, a lot of people have used that excuse. Okay. So the second case involved how to return the mail-in ballots, Mm -hmm. which are different from absentee ballots in Missouri. So again, tell us about the case and where things stand right now. So in that particular case, and this is what's kind of confusing, there was a ruling on, I think, a Friday afternoon that said, hey, you know, you can turn your mail-in ballots in the same way you can turn your absentee ballots in. You can take them there in person. And then by the next morning, that ruling had been stayed, which means the, the ruling is kind of held off until they determine the case further. And that stay is still in place. So for all intents and purposes, nothing has changed about how you have to return your mail-in ballot, which is that you must return it by U.S. mail. Absentee ballots requested using an excuse can be turned in in person at the election authority or at a satellite absentee voting location by the voter or a close relative. And okay. that is a, and that's a one-on-one return too, meaning that you don't just go up to the election authority and drop your absentee ballot off. You have to hand it to someone and go through a little process to turn it in. Just so everybody knows that it's not, you know, it's not like driving it through and dropping it in a slot. You have to actually interact with someone to turn it in. Okay. All right. So things are the way they were before, despite a preliminary mm-hmm. ruling. Okay. That's, right. that's good to know. Um, well, you 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 brought up it needs to be a one-on-one exchange when you uh, take an absentee ballot in. Mm-hmm. Uh, we see in a lot of other states is there are there are drop boxes. There are no drop boxes in Missouri, correct? No, there are no drop boxes. There has been some confusion because there have been election authorities, and I think maybe Boone County is one of them, that made an arrangement with their local post office to put special postal collection boxes in convenient locations. And, you know, people are kind of referring to those as drop boxes, but they're not drop boxes. They're actually U.S. mail collections sites. So, you know, just I, I know it sounds like a whole bunch of semantics, and I guess it really is, but they're semantics that matter in Missouri. So no drop boxes. When you are going to turn in your absentee ballot, you have to turn it in to a live person. And when you're returning your mail-in ballot, it's got to go in the mail. I mean, and it has to be the U.S. mail. Okay. And so that does have to be U.S. mail, mail no FedEx, no UPS, nothing US along those mail. lines. Um, what about uh, the, the postage on that, that mail return? Um, what is it? And can someone uh, uh, do something like a certified mail to, to make sure it gets there? So that part, I really don't want to opine on. Um, because I, I don't know for a 100% fact what that would be. I mean, I'm assuming that if it's U.S. mail, it's still fine, even if you add postage to it. But again, you know, I, I really don't want to, to venture an opinion on something that is that rigidly interpreted. What I am going to say, though, is if you have one of those ballots and you're going to mail it back, do it now. Um, it does take seven to 10 days for even within the county for these ballots sometimes to get back to the election authority. And it must be in the hands of the election authority by 7 p.m. on election day, or it does not count. That said, if you find yourself short on time, if you're worried that your ballot isn't going to make it and you're afraid to, to try to mail it and have it not arrive, you do have the option of just holding on to that ballot and then take it in to a polling place on election day 
turn it in and they'll do something called spoiling the ballot. And then you can vote an entirely new ballot there at the polling place on election day. So you you'd always have an option. And that's what I really want to emphasize to anybody in this whole process. If you have requested a ballot and it hasn't shown up, if you sent your ballot back and it's still marked as not received two and a half or three weeks later, if you um, sent your ballot back and you're, you don't think it's going to make it on time, you have options. So you should call 866-OUR-VOTE, which is the election protection hotline, to find out what those options are. But you do have them. You will always have the chance until 7 p.m. on election day, and later if you're already in line, I guess, you have the option to cast a valid ballot, even if something went wrong with your absentee or mail-in vote. Okay. This is a good time to remind folks that it, it, it does have to be received by the election authority by the end of the day on election day, and it's not a postmark. Right, exactly. It's a received by deadline. It's a strict received by deadline. Okay. So let's also talk about um, uh, absentee uh, voting in person that is going on right now in both the city and the county. Yes. And, uh, you know, absentee in person is great because you get all the benefits of voting absentee with substantially less hassle and you get it all done in one visit. If you vote absentee in person, you do have to still give one of the seven excuses for voting absentee, but you don't have to apply beforehand. And, you know, you just walk in in as part of the check-in process. They'll ask you to indicate which of the reasons you're using to vote absentee. And then you do that and go ahead and, you know, vote as you really normally would in a polling place on election day. It's very efficient. And then both the the St. Louis City and St. Louis County have uh, satellite locations this year. Yes. So this is the first time the city's had satellite locations. Their satellite locations are already open. They opened on October 12th. So in the city, you can go down to the election board on Tucker. And if you want to vote with a purely paper ballot, you do need to still go to the election board on Tucker. But they also have four libraries, which are um, the main library branch, the Central West End Library, Julia Dent Library, and Booter Library all have um, absentee satellite locations there where you can vote. The important thing to know though, is they don't have the same operation hours as the election board on Tucker. They actually have a couple days every week where they're there until seven o'clock. There will be a couple at all of the locations in the city and the county, the two Saturdays before the election, they'll be open for voting. So it's really, you know, important to check the hours before you go and also to know that there is an option at some of the libraries for voting um, in, in the evenings a couple nights a week. You just need to call and find out what those hours are. Now in the county, they will open their satellite voting locations on October 22nd. And those locations include the South County Government Center, the Mid-County Library in Clayton, the North County Recreational Complex, and the West County Government Center. So those are all places that you can cast an absentee ballot, and their hours are identical to the um, election board in St. Anne. Okay, great. And uh, just as a personal experience, my wife was able to go to the uh, satellite location on Booter uh, last night was in and out in like 10, 15 minutes, and it was really, really convenient. So it's really good to see our local communities uh, uh, offering this to, to our voters. 
Oh, it's it is it's a fantastic thing because you know the the election boards are you know maybe convenient for some, but for others they're all the way across the county or in a completely different part of the city. And of course, in the city, with the election board being downtown, parking is always an issue. So it's it's much more convenient for folks to be able to go to one of the library satellite locations sometimes. Okay, good. Now let's let's go back to if you've um, if you've sent in your absentee ballot. Uh, mailed it in. What are your options on checking uh, whether it's been received? So, I mean, I, I know more about the county than any other jurisdiction. And I can say that in St. Louis County, they have a ballot tracker. And if you follow your ballot tracker and it says received, it's, when your ballot is marked received on that tracker, it means not only has it and, you know, been received by the office, it means that it has been validated, meaning they've looked at it and they said, okay, there's no mistakes on this. So we're going to put it in the pile to be counted. That just means, um, you know, there are no, your, your ballot has not been rejected for deficiencies on the envelope. Similarly, if your ballot is marked not received and it's marked not received, you know, for quite some time after you sent it in past the point where it should have been, you know, in the, uh, at the election board, it's possible that your ballot was rejected because there was a mistake in filling out the statement on the ballot envelope or for some other reason. And in that case, you should definitely call to find out what your options are. If your ballot has been rejected, hopefully they will call you and the county has made, um, you know, the commitment to call voters and let them know if there's something wrong with their, with their ballot envelope. If that happens, your options are to go up to the election board to fix it or to go to one of the satellite absentee voting locations and say, hey, you know, my ballot's up at the, uh, at the county office. It was rejected. I need to fill out what's called a lost ballot affidavit. And then you do that and you can go ahead and, and cast a regular absentee uh, ballot at one of the satellite locations or at a polling place on election day. Okay. And th- that, that activity of, of contacting voters, if something is, is wrong, that is based on the local municipality of how much they want to do, correct? Well, yes, it's based on the local election authorities' discretion because they are not required by law to tell a voter if their ballot has been rejected for a defect on the ballot envelope, meaning if the, if the voter was supposed to have the envelope notarized and failed to do that, you know, and the ballot gets rejected, the election authority does not have to tell you that that happened. St. Louis County is doing so in this election, you know, as a courtesy to voters. I don't know about other jurisdictions. So I think that it's um, incumbent on voters, especially in jurisdictions outside St. Louis County, to track down, you know, what's happened with their ballot personally and make sure that it was received and accepted. Okay. Okay, great. I've been hearing about the processing of uh, remote or, or absentee and mail-in and ballots in Missouri. Um, is there anything that happens with those ahead of time or does, does everything wait until seven o'clock on election day before, before those ballots are processed? My understanding is that they can do some preliminary prep work um, in, a, in, the few, in a few days before the election, meaning that they can take the ballots that were, that were mailed in and start processing them for counting and tabulation a few days before the election. And that basically involves taking the ballots that have been validated, opening them and feeding them through the scanner. No results are tabulated until after the close of polls on election day. 
but because, you know, they do have the ability to, you know, all the ballots in the county now are scanned ballots and, and most places have, you know, electronically recorded um, voting in, in some fashion, whether that's through a scanner or a, a, an actual voting machine. Absentee ballots in Missouri, in terms of the local election authority, are usually the first results reported on election night. That's my understanding is the Secretary of State does not do that. So if you see returns from, you know, say St. Louis County on the Secretary of State's website, they add the absentee ballots last. But if you look at the reporting on the St. Louis County reporting website, absentee ballots are up there first. That made for some interesting results watching in October, I mean, in August rather, um, because people were looking at different places and saying, well, how is this even possible? And well, it was because the, the county's website reported the absentee uh, results, whereas the Secretary of State was just strictly uh, polling place results at that point. And I would imagine um, an upside of requiring that absentee ballots are received by the end of the day on election day is that there are no trickle-in ballot, ballots in Missouri because of that hard, fast uh, deadline, whereas in other states, it's, it's a postmark rule, and so those results will be coming in the days afterwards, correct? Mostly, yes. I mean, for, for, the, for most, I don't want to speak for military or overseas ballots because those may be different, but those usually aren't like a huge percentage of, of ballots that come in the mail. So I'm not going to speak for those, but for regular old absentee ballots and mail-in ballots, yes. In Missouri, they're not going to trickle in. You're, they're either there or they're not, and they're counted on election day. Okay. At this point in, in this part of the election with voting taking place, are we seeing any irregularities yet um, in, in the absentee uh, balloting process and the mail-in balloting process that is getting in the way of people casting their votes? The only, I wouldn't call it an irregularity, but I would call it, um, you know, people are sometimes confused about the process and about what they're supposed to do, because this is so different. It's a very different experience for most people. And it's actually a different experience for most election authorities who've never had to manage, um, you know, mail voting on this scale before. It's, it's quite different. And since so many people are voting absentee or by mail for the first time, I think one hurdle to the process is people really understanding what they're supposed to do and, you know, how to fill out, even how to fill out the ballot, you know, putting it back in the envelope, filling out the statement on the envelope. And, you know, and then there are things that come up, like people are very concerned about their privacy. So occasionally folks will look at this return envelope for an absentee ballot and they'll mark out the return address and they'll mark out the barcodes, you know, for, for privacy purposes, but wow, don't do that because that's how they validate your ballot when it comes back in. So please, please don't do that. It's just, but it's things like that that people don't know and they, they can end up causing problems down the road. So let's turn to election day a little bit. Are, are municipalities still looking for help on election day to be uh, poll workers or is that process just about uh, closed out? Well, the poll workers, you know, definitely need to go through training. And um, also every poll worker has to have a bipartisan counterpart. So sometimes the number of poll workers in, say, the city or the county is determined by the ratio they have of Democrats to Republicans uh, with, with poll workers. 
On the other hand, they're also hiring people to do um, sort of like, you know, completely nonpartisan tasks like being door greeters, handing out PPE, that type of thing. And I think that they're still looking for people in those positions. But, you know, as you said, time is getting short. The opportunities for training are getting shorter. So if folks are interested, they should sign up really quickly. But if they don't want to commit to, you know, being um, working at a polling place as a poll worker, the um, election protection effort is always looking for volunteers. We're trying to get a thousand volunteers across the state of Missouri and we're getting pretty close, but we still need folks. And if people want to do that, they can sign up at protectthevote.net. So that's protectthevote.net. And you can sign up to be an election protection volunteer. You can be a roving monitor. You can be a social media monitor, or you can be a polling place monitor where you're at a polling place standing, you know, with the people who are handing out candidate flyers and you're just there with the, you know, the sign showing the 866R vote number, making sure that people know that there is that resource if they have questions or problems about the process. So describe a little bit more uh, a couple of these other roles, such as the social media monitor. Well, so the social media monitor role is a new one this year. And it's new and, and very much needed uh, because disinformation and misinformation are a major threat to the process. Uh, they were in 2016 and 2018, and they are this year. And it's important that we have volunteers who are out there to fill two roles. The first role is assisting voters where they see people talking about their experiences at a polling place or saying, oh, my gosh, this happened to me. I don't even know what to do. Then the social media monitor can step in and say, hey, here's the number you can call and, you know, and, and, and here's some, some resources that might help you. The other role of a social media monitor is to actively look for misinformation and disinformation and report it to election protection, uh, which has staff trained to deal with that kind of thing and decide whether it requires intervention, messaging, you know, however they want to deal with it. But it's just, it's super important to have individual volunteers on the ground doing that because even though you know, we can, as, as organizations, we can look at things from a high level and see things that are posted, you know, public facing on social media. We can't get into everybody's next door or all the private groups there are on social media or see what people who have, you know, closed Twitter accounts are saying. So having social media monitors out there looking at that whole other universe that's kind of not visible to the public is a great way to find folks who are having problems and help them and also find out what they might be hearing that is uh, causing problems on election day. And then of course, you know, we need younger folks to do platforms like TikTok that most of us don't know anything about, but I'm sure there's lots going on there that we should know about. Maybe somebody will be dancing their problems uh, it, while and, they're waiting and, in line. And I, so. I think that those things do happen. So we definitely want younger folks. We're happy to have high school age and college age kids uh, helping us with social media monitoring in particular, but with every other role as well. But with social media monitoring, I think that they can offer something that, you know, we probably can't, they could teach us what to do. What is, what are the rules as far as the end of the day is concerned? If somebody is in line um, at a polling place. If you are in line by 7 p.m., and that's, you know, when they, when they shut the doors and, you know, of, of the polling place and say, okay, it's 7 p.m., everyone who is in line at that time, 
still gets to vote. So, but you have to stay in line. So once, once you're there, stay committed, stay in line. It doesn't matter if it takes until, you know, seven o'clock the next morning, you still have the right to vote. I hope that doesn't happen. I don't anticipate that it should happen anywhere um, in, in Missouri, hopefully. But, you know, this is one of those elections that fewer, you know, fewer polling places because of COVID, fewer poll workers, so there are going to be certain challenges that could could lead to longer lines, but I hope that you know that our systems are in place that can accommodate that, so that we don't see some of the things we've seen happening in other states, which are just dreadful. Okay, and then I know we talk about this every single time that we talk, but uh, tell me again what uh, what voters need to have with them on election day. Let's let's make sure we're clear on what identification is needed and what is not needed. So. You can go to the Secretary of State's website to to find um, a picture of this, and it's kind of you know, and and there should be posters in polling places too, sh- showing the same thing. But you do not need a photo ID to vote. You need so you you can have a photo ID to vote. You can have your driver's license or passport or military ID. You can have a student ID from a Missouri college or university or trade school. Or you can have the little card that you get from the election authority. It's, you know, like your voter card. As long as it's the one with your name on it, you can bring that in. Or you can even bring in a utility bill with your name and current address. So there's a whole gamut of things. Um, you know, any, any piece of paper from the government with your name on it, um, any ID issued by an, an authority, uh, such as your driver's license or student ID or military ID or passport, those are all perfectly acceptable. There is no situation in which you should be asked to provide a photo ID exclusively. And there's also no situation in which you should be asked to provide more than one form of ID. If you ha- all you need is one form of ID and that's true, whether it's your first time voting or, you know, your 800th time voting one form of ID. Okay, great. And then uh, another reminder, uh, St. Louis County, specifically St. Louis County, no other jurisdiction, uh, you do not have to be in the precinct that you live in, in order to vote, correct? I would put it a little differently, okay? okay? Because we, we do have precinct level voting in, in uh, Missouri, meaning that you have to have uh, the ballot for the address where you live. So you're voting on the right races, you know, you're voting on your congressional district, your state rep, your state senator. But the nice thing is that St. Louis County has print on demand custom ballots. So when you go in and give them, you know, your ID, check in, they print a ballot specifically for you and your address. And that can happen no matter where you are in the county. So in St. Louis County, you can vote at any polling place. You'll still get your ballot for your address and your precinct, but you can have that issued at any polling place in the county. Okay, great. And as we wrap up, uh, one more time, the contact information uh, to get uh, to volunteer, to report problems. Uh, what, what are those phone numbers and ad- email addresses or web addresses again? So to volunteer for election protection, please go to protectthevote.net. If you sign up there and you are in the St. Louis metro area, the first thing you'll probably get after getting an email from the Missouri Voter Protection Coalition is a follow-up email from me with a few extra questions um, specific to St. Louis. And then if you're a voter who needs help, you can call or text 866-OUR-VOTE. 
you can also open a live chat at 866ourvote.org. So hey, there's a several, yes, yeah, so they have some new things this year. And I just saw today that Election Protection has uh, Twitter DMs for voter help. So you can go to at 866ourvote on Twitter and, you know, get into their DMs and ask them a question. But so they will I, answer any question, no matter how big or how small. I mean, anything from, wow, where's my polling place to, oh, my gosh, I moved after the voter registration deadline. What can I do? And by the way, you can still vote, but it is a little more complicated. Okay, great. So thanks again, Jennifer, uh, for joining us. And you are of the St. Louis Area Voter Protection Coalition. To learn more about MCU, go to Metropolitan Congregations United's website at mcustlewis.org. Also follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram for news and events. If you want to participate with us, that's where you find our information. I'm Kevin Prang, and you've been listening to This Is What Democracy Sounds Like. Tune in again next time, and thank you for listening. Thank you.